31st, 2019. This is Born the Battle, brought to you by the Department of Veterans Affairs. I am your host, Marine Corps veteran Timothy Lawson. It is super cold out there just about everywhere in the United States, so I hope everybody is staying safe and staying warm uh, in this interesting time of winter. Big news around VA includes the announcement about access standards for healthcare under the Mission Act signed by the president in June 2018. There are six different eligibility criteria for community care, services that are unavailable, residents in a state without a full service VA medical center, 40 mile legacy grandfathered from the choice program, access standards, best medical interests, and then needing care from a VA medical center line that VA determines is not providing care that complies with VA standards for quality. What does it all mean? What was all that? Uh, those are the six different eligibility criteria for uh, for veterans to be able to get care within their community underneath the Mission Act, i.e. Um, opportunities of, that veterans may have to get uh, health care from a facility outside of the VA network. For To understand that more, there's been a lot of stories that have gone out. New York Times, USA Today, a lot of stories have gone out on this care. Uh, but you can go to blogs.va.gov. One of our most recent news releases talks about the access standards and what veterans need to know uh, about this development. This week's interview is with Navy veteran Brent Thompson. Brent Thompson is head brewer and co-founder of the Texas Ale Project down in the city of Dallas. Uh, I ha- I've had the opportunity to visit the establishment a couple times. The alcohol industry is one that we have avoided from a content creation perspective uh, since I since I joined VA. But with so many veterans getting involved in distilling and craft beer and wineries and uh, a whole bunch of different aspects of that industry. Uh, it would be foolish to not still get their perspective uh, on their service and their transition and most of all, their experiences in those industries and how their military service is contributing to their success in the industry and how they view that industry uh, through the lens of prior service or just simply from being uh, contributors to that industry. And that's what these episodes have been about. It's what this podcast has been about is not only learning about veterans service and transition but the industries that they're in and how they're contributing to them and any insight we can glean from their uh, their experiences in those industries find and get their perspective so Brenton Thompson will be the first of that industry to join us here on Born the Battle Uh, we talk about his time in the Navy talk about the influence that his father was on his life and we learn a lot about being uh, a head brewer, most importantly, being the leader of a brewery in that industry, specifically down in Texas. Enjoy. I served in Vietnam. I served in World War II. I served in Afghanistan. And VA serves us all. No matter when you served. No matter if you saw combat or not. There are benefits for veterans of every generation. See what VA can do for you. To learn what benefits you may be eligible for, visit www.va.gov. That's www.va.gov. All right. Brent Thompson. Yes. Navy veteran. Yes. We're here at the Texas Ale Project. 
Uh, I just realized, I've been here before, but I just realized yesterday that it's, that it's an acronym for TAP. Correct. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a little while for people to get that, but that was actually intended. Yeah, well, I, yeah. The, yeah, okay, good. Um, well, I hope so, because I would have hated to have come to that realization and then re- find out that it was just a coincidence. Right, right. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So let's, let's start this where we start all, uh, all of these interviews. And the one thing that all of us veterans have in common, no matter what you did in the military, no matter mm. what path you took, there was still some sort of prompt, some sort of decision to join. Um, I mean, some people were, <laughs> were drafted, of course, but yeah. um, most, of, most, most of us current conflict veterans have uh, had, the, uh, had the luxury of choosing to join. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring us back to that decision for you. Well, um, you know, it was, it's kind of one of those things for me that I, I wanted to serve. Um, my father was in the Army during Vietnam. Um, my brother also served as well. He was actually a nuclear engineer for the Navy or in the Navy. And, um, and to be brutally honest, I don't know if I was quite ready to go to college yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know, a lo- I know a lot of veterans that had that same sentiment of like, I just, I wasn't, sh- I wasn't ready for whatever I thought the next part of life mm-hmm. was. So I postponed life <laughs> essentially. Right, by going. Right. And, uh, I know a lot of veterans through the, through that one or two tours that they did ended up finding their path and finding what mm-hmm. they were interested in. Did you find that through service or did you come out on the other side, still sort of up in arms of like, I don't know what to do now. You know, it was really eye opening for me. It was a, it was a pretty incredible experience. Um, joining the Navy, uh, you know, it was interesting. I, 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 I wanted to see the world and I actually, I got to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I can't remember off the top of my head how many different countries I've been to, but on my first deployment, it seemed like every two weeks we're pulling to a new port. Um, and so I really got to experience culture. Um, I grew up in a, in a really small town just outside of Houston, Texas. Okay. Um, and not a, not a whole lot going on there. And um, for me to pack my bags and be able to see the world was pretty incredible. Um, and I fell in love with food and people and, and just... Um, you know, what, like what defines culture? It's like what you eat, what you drink, you know? And, and a lot of that had to do with where I am today, or I guess it really influenced me and and kind of guided me subconsciously to where I am today, if you will. Yeah. I was just thinking today about how, how amazing is the military in that you can just walk in and so long as you meet a couple qualifications of like physical and mental standards, Mm -hmm. They'll give you a job. They'll feed you. They'll send you around the world. Like, like how amazing of an opportunity is that? Really, when you think about like mm-hmm. what comes with the opportunity to serve. Yeah, it was really. You know, again, for me, it was a really incredible experience. I was an aviation ordnance man, um, and I was actually attached to a helicopter squadron at that time. It was called HS Five. Um, and so after boot camp, I went to Pensacola and went to school um, to learn how to deal with the weapon systems on the H sixties. And um, from there, we deployed on aircraft carriers. And I'll never forget the first time that I was on an aircraft carrier in the middle of the ocean. It was, you want to talk about just feeling of awe. It was just incredible. It was, it was intense, but awesome. <laughs> my, uh, my father did 20 years in the Navy. Mm-hmm. And uh, just before he retired, I remember uh, the USS Nimitz had pulled into port near, mm-hmm. near where we were. And so they had a family day on the Nimitz. Uh, 
we could board it. They were gonna go like into the water like for like an hour and come back or something like that, right? And I remember the, we went down to the birthing area, and I just remember thinking, and like, and I was a child still, right? So, like, I, I had to have been maybe twelve, maybe mm-hmm. a little younger, and so things are still reasonably big to me, like, and yeah. I was still like, holy smokes, you slept in that small of a space, yeah. like you lived down here. Uh, so I commend anybody that decides to, to willingly join the Navy <laughs> and live in those circumstances. I may yeah. choose. A, I may choose a firing hole before. <laughs> <laughs> sleeping in an aircraft carrier. Yeah, yeah, and, and being that we were part of the air wing, our our birthing area was literally just underneath the flight deck. So you would you would hear the resting gear and the catapults and everything all hours of the night when we were having flight ops. Um, but it, it was it was um, definitely an experience that it's it's hard to describe to people um, that haven't been there. I mean, everyone's seen an aircraft carrier on television or in a movie. Yeah. Um, but just the oh, just all just the the the, the power and just um, again, it's just it was a really really neat experience, and um, I'll never forget walking underneath the you know the rotor wash from uh, from our our eight sixties the first time too, and it was just. It was hard to believe that I was, you know, grew up in the small town outside of Houston, and here I am now standing on the on the flight deck of a nuclear powered aircraft <laughs> carrier. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah. the, the 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 contrast is uh, inspiring, almost, mm-hmm. isn't it? It is. Um, so tell me, uh, tell me about a close friend or a great leader that you had while you're in mm-hmm. the military. You know, um, honestly, I, I really think. Um, the the kind of the best leader, if you will, or the the person that influenced me the most in my life is probably my dad. Um, no, not probably. He really was. Um, he 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 showed me drive. He showed me what it was to work hard and to love your family and to provide for your family and um, just and just to really work with my hands. I mean, when when I was growing up, we would restore boats and cars and. And I have some favorites that are in, in the back of my head, and I still wish we, you know, would have held on to those. But at the same time, just really getting to spend quality time with my dad, and uh, growing up in a, with a good, solid foundation of what family is, and um, you know, I, I really think that that's probably what's influenced me in a lot of my decisions in life, and 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 how hard I work to this day. It's it's I surprise myself sometimes, but. Um, yeah, I would definitely say that the the biggest influencer or, or, or leader in my life was was my father. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah. Um, what so what prompted your transition out then? So, it's it was I did two deployments, two long cruises. Um, the first was on the the uh, was it? I'm getting it confused now. I can't remember if it was. I did one on the JFK and then also on the Eisenhower. Um, and actually, I think the first one was on the Eisenhower, um, and it was pretty incredible. Um, again, to be able to travel and just meet people and just eat this amazing food. I, I just I'll never forget getting off the boat, and I'm so thankful that um, I would, you know, one one I guess one story in particular that sticks out in my mind is that we were actually on the island of Corfu in Greece. And I found this little restaurant kind of just off the one, off the beaten path. Um, and this guy was cooking on a wood burning stove and he was making moussaka and ceramic bowls and like rosemary chicken, just very simple food. And it just really kind of hit home for me. And um, I can still taste it to this day, just thinking about it, you know? And I actually, I wanna go back someday and see if that place is still there. 
Um, and, and again, you know, as far as like the decision to, to, to leave the military, um, I knew that I wanted to go to school and see what other adventures were going to be there uh, for me. And I, I, for the longest time, I actually thought that I was going to become a chef um, and maybe go to culinary school after I got out of the military. But instead, I started working on my bachelor's degree in public relations and working in the service industry, attending bar, waiting tables. Um, it was a very flexible schedule, so it, it made it easy to go to school. Um, but the overall, I guess the overall decision for me to get out, I was just ready, I was ready to experience a new journey, if you will. Yeah. What, yeah. Uh, as someone who is in public affairs, uh, why public affairs? You know, that's a great question. Um, I knew at some point in time that I wanted to, that I wanted to open my own business. Okay. At this point in time, I had no idea what that business was going to be. And I honestly thought that this would be a good way for me to get a, a good solid foundation on how to reach out to people, um, market, promote, um, all, you know, all those things that, that come into play whenever you actually own your own business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, communications is definitely a part of marketing, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. I think it was Bill Gates that said, if I was down to my last dollar, I'd spend it on marketing <laughs> yeah. uh, in reference to Microsoft, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so um, I, I think he's one of the few people that know, the, know, know that concept the best mm -hmm. on, on growing business. So I think that was a wise decision. Um, so I mean, that's a good segue into where we are right now. We're, we're, uh, we're in the Texas Ale Project in the tap room here. Yeah. Um, you're, uh, tell us about your role in, uh, in this business. And um, uh, yeah, let's start there. What was your role here? Um, I make beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I, I, I feel like it's a key yeah, component of, yeah. a, of a beer company is to, is to produce the product. <laughs> I know. It's funny. People ask me all the time what it is that I do here. And it's like, well, um, it just depends on the day, honestly. Um, and there's not anything that I won't do here. Um, yeah. And it's funny with some of the guys that, that you know, work with us, the guys and gals. Um, you know, it's funny. I always tell everyone that I won't ask you to do something I haven't done or, or won't do. Um, but, um, yeah, my main, my main focus here at Texas Cell Project is actually, I run production. Um, so I produce wort, um, for those of you that don't know, it's basically like a sugar water that ends up fermenting into beer. Hmm. Um, and then I also, you know, uh, build the production schedules, do all the ordering, um, invoicing, um, you name it. I sweep the floors a lot, clean up. Lots of cleaning. Brewing is actually probably like 98% cleaning and 2% actual brewing. That's all we do. We're, we're, we're cleaners. We, well, well then the military definitely prepared you yes, for this job. For sure. For <laughs> sure. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I, you know, I, enjoy, I enjoy what we do here. Um, there's nothing more rewarding than being able to create something and have someone else try it and enjoy it and um it just it means it, it's pretty incredible to be able to to make something from scratch and have others really enjoy it you yeah. know um and that's one of the reasons why i loved you know i love food um and 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 making beer as well is that you can change people's minds on what their perceptions are and things that they think that they like but then realistically or they don't like um, you know, for instance, India Pale Ales, it's one of my favorite styles, um, and it's probably the biggest style in, in American craft beer. Has to be. 
For sure. Yeah. Right. And um, I have people tell me all the time, I don't like IPAs. And then I smile really big and I pour them a sample of ours. And I say, well, you haven't tried ours yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I would say nine out of 10 times people enjoy it. You know, you know, it's it's uh, what I really appreciate about that is, you know, we don't um, you know, when we think about creativity and we think about mm-hmm. the arts, we don't uh, like I guess there, there is culinary stuff does get brought into that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that. Um, we don't yet look at the beverage industry, especially, you know, and even craft beer is so much mm-hmm. being uh, a creative process, right? We know that there is a skill to it and there's a craft, but I think that, um, I think there's something to be said about the creativity that gets to go into it. Not only the style and the taste of the beer, but how it's labeled, how it's, how mm-hmm. it's named, right? Like think about how important a name is to, to a beer, right? And how, um, you know, someone walking into your tap room here is probably likely to try many of the beers there. But if I'm walking into a local bar here in Dallas and I see a number of taps from local breweries, the name really matters, right? It does. It does. And, you know, we try to have fun with our names and on, on our beer names. And I mean, you know, I get asked a lot, what's, what, what is Texas Ale Project, you know? And, when we first sat down and we were going over names for the brewery itself, I mean, we probably went through about 400 different names and, and just, it was just this whole creative experience and it was really incredible. Yeah. Um, just listing words out and, and you know, and, and, and it, it, it took a long time to, to go through this process, but at the same time, we ended up with Texas L Project and, you know, there's, there's a lot of, um, I, I guess I just I didn't we didn't want the brewery to only mean like this city or this neighborhood or something like that, and we wanted all one thing that we have um, as Texans in common is that we're Texans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Texas L Project it's a brewery for all Texans and not just Texans obviously, but I mean we we wanted people to look at that tap handle no matter where they were in the state, and say oh, it's Texas. Yeah. You know let me I should, I'm, I'm gonna have one of those. Yeah. Um, and but some of the more creative, fun names, um, for instance, our double IPA is called 100 Million Angels Singing. Yeah. And um, that's actually a line from a Johnny Cash song um, called When the Man Comes Around. Interesting. And um, on, it was uh, I think the album was American Number no. Four. I think it was the last album that he put out. And, you know, he's talking about, you know, when the man comes around, it's literally like 100 million angels singing. And the double IPA to me is kind of that all inspiring beer. It's, you know, just incredible. And so whenever you open the can and have a sip, it's like, it just kind of floods all of your senses, if you will. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Johnny Cash, also a veteran, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. I think he's an Air Force veteran. So that's right. um, I do know that I did realize that there is one, there's one beer here you have that it has a very obvious military branding and that's your good to go pale ale, which, um, which I appreciate uh, the name of mm-hmm. uh, because I, I mean, I probably said good to go a million times <laughs> when I was in the military. Oh man, I, yep. you know, it, it's both, it's both a, a um, acknowledgement and a question, right? Hey, good to go. Good to go. Hey, is it, hey, uh, we need to do this. Good to go. Right. 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 <laughs> like it's, it's, yeah. It was so, uh, you could use it in so many, so many places. Um, were you, were you hoping to, like we were you guys making that beer 
planning on making it military themed or how did that come about? You know, we met a group called Honor, Courage, and Commitment, and um, they were a not-for-profit here in North Texas that helped veterans become business owners. Yeah. Um, they have a little incubator here yeah. in Dallas. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, it's it's amazing. Yeah, for sure. And the the just a really it's funny because you know be, you know looking at the names and the marketing and everything, it was like the best worst decision ever to put a camouflage a beer in a camouflage can because when it's on the shelf you can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's. Uh, I wish you could. I wish you folks out there could see it. I mean, it's a digital camo can, and it, it's it's really awesome. And the beer, the beer is incredible. It's probably one of my favorite beers that we brew. Um, it's just a really nice pale ale, uh, lightly hopped, but li- nice nice flavor and aroma. We in the two and a half years that I've been at VA, we have avoided alcohol themed. Mm-hmm. subjects, right? Because yep. obviously it's a sensitive subject in the veteran community, especially for those that are recovering. Of course. Um, but with so many veterans getting into the beer business, it's impossible to ignore now. And so I'm, I'm curious, and I guess there, there's a few questions involved in here, mm-hmm. and, and we'll start with maybe the tougher one. And how do you feel fitting into all of that um, in having a beer that's, that's marketed for, branded for veterans? Um, have you thought at all about... Um, Obviously, when it comes to any sensitive subject or any, anything that anybody, not just veterans, mm-hmm. uh, obviously could, uh, could, could have issue with, um, sort of, you know, where do you stand on that, I guess, uh, as a veteran? I don't, know if, I don't know if you know anybody that's, that's struggled with stuff like this, but... I have. Yeah. You know, I have. And, and, it's, and it's, you know, it, it's one of those things that, yes, we're, we're in the alcohol industry, right? And right. so we always promote being cautious and being safe. I mean, this, we're not in this, you know, industry as, as let's overconsume constantly. You know, we're actually, right. we're actually creating something for people to be able to enjoy with their friends and family. Um, and you know, the, the craft beer industry, I would say it, it's, it's, it's very similar to the, to the, the military and, and the fact that there's a lot of camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Um, amongst team, amongst the team, you know, so and, you have, and just you have twelve people here, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's twelve of us right now, and actually five of us, including myself, are veterans. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's it's easier for me sometimes to work with veterans because a lot of times we're on the same page. Right. And you know, we're given a task, we're given an uh, something to accomplish, and we figure out how to do it. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times it's for me, it's, it's been easier to, 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 to work with veterans than, than someone who hasn't served. Um, nothing against those that didn't, haven't served, obviously. Sure. But um, a lot of times, again, I think it's just like that goal driven mindset. Yeah. You know? There's, and I'm, I'm wondering if you fall into this with your team, uh, you know, in, in the public affairs staff at VA, a lot of veterans there as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't, can, I don't look at anybody any differently, whether they are a veteran or not. But there, there is something um, when, when you're interacting with a fellow veteran, especially if they are of the same branch as mm-hmm. you, it almost, it almost seems like you know how to interact with them much more quickly than you would if someone wasn't a veteran. Yeah, and I, for me, I, I think, and this could also have something to do with the way that you know I was raised. But at the same time, I, I think it's just you know. There's not a whole lot of um, dancing around the topic, if you will. It's yeah. kind of like this is what needs to be done. Let's see how we can execute it. Sure. To the fullest, the fastest. Yeah. 
you know. I think that last part's the is I have realized that in most cases, veterans are the ones who don't want to be sitting around in meetings for too long. <laughs> they want the mission, the objective, yep. and like their lateral limits mm-hmm. of execution, and then they want to get it done. Yep. Um, so that's always appreciative. For sure. Um, so by the way, I appreciate you helping me get through that question that I had the hardest time getting out oh, in front no of worries. you. But uh, I'm, uh, just, just real quickly, sure. sorry. But it, it is a delicate situation a lot of times. And, and if someone finds themselves like, you know, that they feel like they're struggling with something, they should definitely reach out to someone. Yeah. You know, and there's, you know, even with the VA and, and, and other sources as well. I mean, there's just so many, there's so many people out there that can help you. Um, if you really need it and you just have to ask for it, you know, um, the last thing that I want to see is someone struggling with an addiction or, or whatever it might be or challenges. Um, but at the same time, you know, it just there's there's so many programs out there today. So just yeah. if you need it, ask. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. The so the, the the lighter part of that, that those set of questions I was mm-hmm. getting to have you. Um, have you get a chance to um, have you paid attention to other craft beers that are coming or that, that um, other veterans are getting involved with? I know out in, in Virginia, we have Honor Brewing. We have mm-hmm. Young Veterans Brewing Company. I've, I've, I've run into a number of uh, veterans in other states that are, you know, a part of a brewery or starting their own brewery, right. something like that. So uh, veterans really getting into this industry. Have you uh, do you have a beat at all on on other veterans that in this state or in this area that are getting involved in craft beer? Yes. I mean, yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, I think you mentioned earlier, it's pretty incredible the amount of veterans, veterans, excuse me, the veterans that are actually getting into to whether it be distilling or uh, making beer. Um, It's a lot. And I and I think I think a lot of it has to do with just the fact that, you know, we're able to create and work hard. And again, it's 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 very mission based, I feel like, you know, because you, you will set out the production usually on Fridays we'll have our production meeting and we'll set out the plan for the next week or two weeks, whatever it might be. And then we just know, Hey, it's time to, it's time. These are the tasks at hand and let's take care of them. And, um, at the end of the day, um, we get to have a beer. (laughs) (laughs) That's, 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 that's a, that's a great perk, isn't it? It is. Yeah. At the end of my work day, no one hands me a beer. I think it's because we're in a federal building. I'm not quite sure, <laughs> right, but no one right, hands me at the right. beer at the end of my day. But yeah, you you mentioned distilling, um, uh, Maker's Mark. I don't think many people know this. Um, up until uh, several years ago, mm-hmm. Maker's Mark's head distiller was Dave Pickerell, who was a former Army Scout, wow. uh, and he now distills over at uh, Whistlepig Rye, which is a, yep. a yeah a, a smaller batch that, that mm-hmm. people may know. But um, you know, here's this. Here's this whiskey that so many of us have had or, you know, that can recognize a label. And one of the main influencers of the product is going into that is an Army veteran. Yep. You know, so um, it's just another testament to how many facets of life veterans uh, are involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Tell me about... Um, tell me about the challenges that you, uh, that you see in this industry... Um, with the, I mean, I feel like every day there's a different beer, new tap handle that yeah. I haven't seen. Tell us about the challenges of being in an industry that somehow seems to continuously be just as popular as it was mm-hmm. the month, the year, you know, the, the time before it, but also is becoming super saturated with new competition. Yeah, when we, um, Texas is a little bit different uh, of a story um, than the national picture, I feel like. Um, 
But it is, it's very competitive, and making good beer just isn't enough these days. You have to make an exceptional beer. Yeah. And uh, quality, 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 and about quality control. I mean, it's, it's, it's extremely difficult out there. Um, we, we have a very good team. We're, we're a small family business, so my wife and I jumped this place up um, about seven and a half, eight years ago, and um, she actually um, runs the business side while I run production, and she's very smart. Um, she actually got her MBA at Cornell, and um, I've, I've heard yeah. that place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's helping you here. Yes. Yeah, well, huge sacrifice. <laughs> you know, and and it's really interesting. We make we make a really good team, and then my father in law runs business development for us, and I mean he's a pretty incredible guy, and um, so. Ultimately, it takes all of us to make this place work. Yeah. Um, and we, we push hard every day and we, and we strive for success. But you're right. I mean, there's a ton of competition out there. And growth, um, is, growth as far as production levels are concerned, you know, you have to be realistic these days. You know, even just a few years ago, people were experiencing 80, 90, to, you know, 100% growth over the previous year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and it's not it's not really that way anymore. I mean, that maybe for a select few. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's only so much shelf space out there, you know, and and it's 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 hard to stay in front of people and, 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 and be um, top of mind. I mean... You know, if you think about 20 years ago, um, people typically drank one beer. Yeah. And that's what they always drank, you yeah. know, and which really is interesting when you look at it today because they say that the average craft beer consumer may pick you up one out of eight times, wow. one out of ten times, you know. That makes um, sense. So, yeah, it's it, it's interesting because people's, people's palates have changed. I mean, like the if you look at, you know, the, how I guess, quote unquote, millennials, if you will, um, always looking for something new and exciting. And um, but it's really kind of nice though because that we ha- we have the ability to be able to create new things here. You know, it doesn't take us ten years and 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 product research to to put out a new beer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in fact, today the guys and I are actually piloting a new beer. Um, that we're hoping that can be on the schedule for this next year, and it's called a fistful of dollars. Yeah, it's a big <laughs> stout that we're making with Mexican chocolate and cinnamon and I like it. Milk sugar and <laughs> um, cocoa nibs and all kinds of fun stuff. So it's kind of a a play on a on a Mexican chocolate. So we're we're really excited about that. But you're right. There's there's so much that goes into uh, into all this. But the 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 main the main point that you said that as a consumer, I know is true is mm-hmm. yeah, it's tough to get in front of people. It is because there's. I'll go to my local store. I'll pick up something I haven't seen before. I'll love it. Mm-hmm. I'll try something else from that brewery. I'll love it. And then through distribution changes or through availability changes, it'll be a brewery that's up in like Connecticut Mm -hmm. and I'm in DC. I can't just like, I just can't like drop by their tap room. So unless their distribution continues to come in my area, you know, that's, I'm limited to that availability. Yeah. And distribution um, is tough. We're in about, currently we're only distributed in the state of Texas and we're only in about 75 counties currently, mostly East Texas, North, and then out West. Um, and we're starting to move into the Houston area a little bit. And um, the laws are a little bit tricky here in the state of Texas. 
Um, we can self-distribute, so we make the beer, we sell the beer, we deliver the beer, and we can do that anywhere in the state of Texas. But we have to leave from the brewery, drive there, drop the beer off, <laughs> and then come back. So we yeah. only try to send full truckloads down to Houston. Um, but um, no, distribution is very tricky. And um, you're right. If you if if for some reason uh, something falls through with the distributor or you know, they, they, they're becoming very overwhelmed as well. If you look at how many different brands that they have to, to actually carry and distribute. Um, I mean, there's still beers in Texas. Um, you know, or what I guess what I'm saying is, is that there's still a lot of breweries that are in the nation that, that aren't distributed in Texas. Texas is uh, one of the bigger beer markets in the country, but at the same time, it's very difficult to get into Texas. Um, some of our laws are a little bit different with labeling and licensing and all that fun stuff. Um, and so I think that it actually helps us as a local craft brewery here because it keeps some people from wanting to come into Texas. Um, but at the same time, it, 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 it's, it's still tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a, uh, and we'll, uh, close out with a, with a couple questions. Sure. Uh, so, um, tell me, tell me about a experience or a skill set that you gained in the Navy that you feel is contributing to your success today. Being patient. Yeah. I thought you were going to say cleaning. <laughs> well, no. Sweeping. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so I mentioned this earlier. I was an aviation ordinanceman, so I dealt with all the weapon systems on, on H-60s. And um, some of it's very tedious work. Sure. Working in very confined, small places. Um, I, you know, I run production here, but I also fix everything here. <laughs> if oh, something yeah. breaks, I'm typically the guy that fixes it. Um, so again, being able to have those experiences and um, just learning patience to work with something and figure it out and get the job done. Um, you know, we, we can our own beer here on site and our canning line can be a, a bit of a, a train wreck sometimes, if you will. Um, I don't know, for some reason I pictured a uh, I Love Lucy scene. I've heard of, I can just picture her out there like having a hard, the darndest yeah. time trying to keep things in line. It's funny you say that because on one of our pieces of equipment over there, we have a photograph of Lucy and uh, <laughs> on the production line. So, yeah, yeah it's, um, no, but honestly, just um, determination and patience. Um, and again, just being mechanically inclined um, and, and physically working uh, to repair things was a huge um, plus for me in this industry. Yeah. Uh, tell me about a veteran or a veteran organization other than uh, Honor, Courage, and Commitment mm -hmm. that you're familiar with that has you excited about what they're doing right now. This may not be, well, you know, honestly right now it's called Helicopters for Heroes. Okay. I've never um, heard of them. They're um, a, a local not-for-profit, and they what they do is is they take a lot of veterans out once a year for hunting expeditions and helicopters. Um, and really neat. I mean, I got to go out last year with the guys and, um, again, just being around a bunch of veterans and getting to, getting to just to chat and, and tell stories. And I mean, I'm talking about veterans from, you know, Vietnam and, and, and more recent, but, uh, it was just really, really neat what they're doing out there. Um, it, it's a, it's a good cause. It gets the guys out and, um, allows them to, to, to fly and go hunting. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brent, is there, is there anything about your service, about your, your efforts here at uh, Textile Project that we haven't touched on yet that, uh, that, that you, you want to mention before we close out? 
you know, in today's day and age, I feel like a lot of times the military is kind of frowned upon or, or for some people, it just doesn't seem like it would be an option uh, for them. But I have to tell you that there, there's nothing more American than getting to serve and, and meet so many people out there. And, and it's just, it was, for me, it was a really incredible experience. And I would, um, say if you're even somewhat considering it go down to your recruiting offices and and talk to people talk to veterans i mean you the just what you can learn and just the life experiences that you gain um it's something that um that 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 you can't get anywhere else you know if I'm, hopefully i'm making sense no, i would you just are. i would just urge people to um to serve i mean i i it was an incredible experience for me, and um, again, I'm just very thankful that I was able to do what I did. Yeah. So there are so many, you know, we because of how simply we, and I hope I'm putting that right, but because because of how simply we try to show our gratitude towards veterans, and what mm-hmm. I mean by simple is like we we focus on like the service of like the service of the nation. Um, we we for, we forget to emphasize how many other amazing life lessons and life experiences mm-hmm. are had um, aside from simply serving one's country, right? right? The work ethic, but like the patience you mentioned, mm-hmm. the camaraderie, you learned how to, you learned how to depend on people. You mm-hmm. learned on how uh, to deliver when people depend on you, the amount of travel you get to, you, you, you become a, a creative problem solver, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many different things that just inherently comes uh, with four years of military service. Um, that is so much that's so valuable along with that 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 reward of having served the country right yeah uh well brent i really appreciate your time man thank you so much for for sitting down and joining us thank you for uh creating such an amazing uh tap room here and in some some really amazing beer that uh that uh your patrons and and fellow (laughs) veterans get to enjoy And, and, and thank you for your service to our country oh my pleasure my pleasure cheers thank you so much thank you yeah served in World War II. Spending time with him were the best memories of my life. I became a physician at VA because of my grandfather, so I can help others like him. I can't imagine working with better doctors or a more dedicated staff. I'm fulfilling my life's mission with the help of my team and thanks to these veterans. I'm proud to be a doctor at VA and proud to honor my grandfather every day. Search VA Careers to find out more. point in the interview there you probably heard me mention Dave Pickerell in the present tense um, this interview that I did with Brent was actually recorded back in November uh, before I had learned about the passing of Dave Pickerell uh, we made him veteran of the day uh, not too long ago I think towards the end of, end of December um, honoring him and his service and his contribution to his part of that industry through Maker's Mark and Whistlepig um, uh, whiskey. So our respects to to Dave. Big thanks to Brent for letting me join him and, and talk to him about his experiences there. Um, and he mentioned where you can discover him in, in, in the he mentioned where you can discover him and his products uh, should you be so inclined. This week's Medal of Honor citation reading is for Francis Brownell, Service U.S. Army, 
Division, Company A, 11th New York Infantry, Conflict with the Civil War, Year of Honor, 1861. Citation reads, Killed the murderer of Colonel Ellsworth at the Marshall House, Alexandria, Virginia. First Civil War deed to merit Medal of Honor. We honor his service. That wraps up episode 132. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I know there's so many options out there for entertainment, so I do appreciate you spending your time listening to these powerful veteran stories. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DEPT Vet Affairs, as well as Facebook.com as well as Facebook.com slash Veterans Affairs. You can follow the Secretary of VA, Secretary Wilkie, at SEC Wilkie on both Twitter and Instagram. We'll be back next week with another compelling episode. I am Timothy Lawson, signing off. (laughs) 